Hello, friends, and welcome in. It is great to be back hosting Wasn't That Special, 50 years of SNL. Of course, you can find the show, wasn'tthatspecial.com, and follow us on Twitter or X, if you prefer, at 50 years of SNL. That's five zero years of SNL. We'll tell you in just a moment about some of the exciting subscription opportunities available to you. But first, we say hello. I'm Scott Bertram. You can find me on Twitter at Scott Bertram. Christian Schneider is here. He's my co-host on Wasn't That Special. Christian, how are you? It's me, Sluggo. I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I, <no>. uh, <laughs> I almost picked that for uh, for my catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> because there are so few catchphrases this season. It is a light catchphrase season. It's a weird, wild season. We have reached the end of an era with this fifth season, the final season featuring members of the original cast. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But first, especially if you are new to this program or visiting us via Apple Podcasts at a preview, hi, how are you? You should join us at wasn'tthatspecial.com. You can do so on a monthly basis and get access to all of our shows on each season. You can do so on an annual basis and save yourself some money for that monthly charge. Or you can do what the smart, cool, sexy people are doing and upgrade and be an executive producer on Wasn't That Special. What does being an executive producer get these people, Christian? Being an executive producer producer will get you the fruits of my many labors, (laughs) which is putting together uh, all the extra notes that we do. As we watch these episodes, we take copious notes and share them with each other and have discussions behind the scenes. And a lot of that stuff does not make its way onto this very podcast. So you will be privy to all that information. And then we also put together uh, a list of the sketches, uh, like a clips list, where you can go watch a lot of the, the sketches that we that we watch in order to get ready. And a lot of the some of the media clips that we also uh, read on, uh, you know, the full season. So a lot of good stuff. You can also go to our our, uh, we have a chat room where you can start threads and chat with other people. Uh, That's another bonus. And then we also ask you before the podcast what you would like to hear us talk about. So, I mean, you're really you're losing money by not uh, being an executive producer. Not to mention at the very end, you, the executive producer, gets to. Have a vote as we do our, our our final lists at the end of all 50 seasons for best season, best cast, best cast members. We'll have all sorts of categories. And the people who vote in that final end of, I want to say end of series, because we might figure out a way to keep this going, I suppose. But end of the 50 season portion of Wasn't That Special is Christian, it's me, and it's our executive producers, the Brain Trust. But to do that, you must be an executive producer with us here at Wasn't That Special wasn't that special.com. Okay, enough talk. Christian, it's the end of an era. It's season five. We didn't know it at the time when the season started, but it would be the very last season involving original cast members on Saturday Night Live. We should talk as we begin about who's here and who's not here. And the two biggest names who aren't here, we discussed at the end of last episode. A guy named Dan Aykroyd, guy named John Belushi. They are gone. (laughs) They're gone. They're not here. Although one makes an appearance at one point during the season. So those two people are gone. They are not on a cast list anymore. Dan Aykroyd is not a writer anymore either. Who's in? Who's here? 
Well, Peter Aykroyd is in, Dan's brother, as an actor. Always got to have a back, backup Aykroyd. That's right. That's yeah. what I say. As a writer and also later a featured performer on the show. A couple of 22-year-old apprentice writers, Tom Gamble and Max Pross, are brought in by Lauren to write for this season. Matt Newman is here. Matt Newman declined an invitation to join SNL back in 1975 before the first season started, but Lauren, holding no grudges, offered him a spot here, and he is in. Former writer for Lily Tomlin and others. Uh, Sarah Paley is here. I don't know what she did. I couldn't find anything, but she is the future Mrs. Bob Carey senator, so she's got that going for her. Walt Williams is not a writer anymore, but he's still doing Mr. Bill. Brian McConchie, who last year I said I couldn't find out what he did. Well, doesn't matter. He's gone. And the last name we have to talk about as we begin this season five, Christian, is a guy who everybody knows today and has fame and riches beyond his wildest imagination, I, I would guess, as a voice actor on The Simpsons, as well as a portion of, you know, one third of Spinal Tap and anywhere else you might have seen Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer's story on SNL is complicated in season five, and it, in fact, it gets more complicated in a future season. But to mm -hmm. start here, Christian, Harry Shearer, well, let me set the stage. You can talk a little about Shearer. So over the summer between season four and five, Guild Alive is happening, and this means Lauren Michaels is very distracted from SNL. And as we reach season five, he's not really put a lot of thought into auditioning potential cast members to come in and replace Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. And as it stands now, it's just Jane Curtin, Lorraine Newman, Gilda Radner, Garrett Morris, Bill Murray. So this, the story in the Hill Weingrad book is he, he met and or he, he knew Harry Shearer, but he talked to him for about 20 minutes, I believe at a Gilda live show, in fact, and offered him a job and Shearer <laughs> accepted what he accepted is part of what's uh, in question, I suppose. Different uh, different people have different views as to what Harry Shearer was supposed to be doing this season. Indeed. Uh, Shearer was a part of a, uh, a, a, a comedy troupe called The Credibility Gap. I think it was like a San Francisco-based uh, group. He's actually a child actor. I came to learn while researching Harry Shearer that he initially accepted the role of Eddie Haskell on Leave It to Beaver <laughs> before uh, his parents told him he could not be on the show and uh, he, he was booted from the show. So interesting childhood. But yeah, you're right. He, he joins the show. Lorna offers him the job. And it's his impression that he's coming in as a full-fledged cast member. But Lauren says, look, we're going to take the pressure off of you and not list you as a, 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 as a cast member just yet because then people will think, that you're just here to replace Belushi or replace Aykroyd, which or, is or impossible. both of them. <laughs> Since right, he's right. The only new guy. <laughs> like, like this guy's so good. <laughs> he's you're never going to even know those those guys were gone, and it irritated him that he. It, it was confusing to people exactly what he was there for because the regular cast members thought, "Is this guy a writer who's?" you know, horning his way in on sketches or is he a cast member or what exactly is going on with this guy? And it didn't help that Shear is notoriously prickly. He is... Well, that's a nice way of saying things. Yes. <laughs> he is very exacting. Uh, he will not sell bits that uh, he doesn't believe in. He didn't... 
buy into the way, essentially, SNL had done things for four seasons, you know, that the whole situation where you, you, you write sketches and edit them and, um, you know, the whole schedule was set and everybody kind of revered Lorne. And he wasn't buying in any of that at all. He wanted to do things his own way. And given that the show has run 50 years almost, <laughs> the way that Lauren set it up, I think, uh, I think Lauren's taking the, the, the W on that one. But uh, yeah, he was not a team player and every, he was pretty much reviled by everyone. And uh, it hurt him among the other, uh, the other cast members. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's a while where he doesn't even get on the air. It's not to say he didn't have good moments, not to say he wasn't a good contributor in places. He did become a full cast member officially in the open uh, as of season, uh, as of episode 10. So exactly halfway through the season, he picks up being a full cast member uh, on SNL. But as you said, he, he didn't like the system. He wanted to change the system. He didn't like the way they wrote. He didn't like the people use cue cards. He didn't like working with Lorne. He, he didn't like anything. And the feeling was mutual because, as you mentioned, he wouldn't sell things he didn't like. He was notorious about fighting for airtime, and this would be this would become bigger down the road, I suppose. But you know, Harry Shearer was not opposed to doing and saying whatever he had to to get his sketch, his parts on the air, because he also was a writer. And so there was very much a mutual dislike from virtually day one between Harry Shearer and the rest of the SNL cast. And the other thing about Shearer too is that I, I wrote this in in our notes is that he has one incredible skill. He's like an NBA player who has one elite skill. You know, he, he's either a three-point shooter or he's a rebounder or whatever. And Harry Shearer's elite skill is that voice of his, which is incredible. Um, he can take any, any sketch and he does amazing voices. He's got that deep baritone. Uh, he, you know, he was crazy about practicing his lines, rehearsing his lines. So he, he essentially tried to, to, to sneak in there and start doing those Ackroyd type of uh, mm -hmm. advertisements. Voiceover he, stuff, yep. He does, yeah, he does a lot of the voiceovers on the show. He does the, adver the, the, the Ackroyd commercials where he speaks really fast and he hardly ever screws up. Um, and he's just really precise. He's, he's really a technician. Uh, and that voice is really, from, from his role on The, on the Simpsons, uh, really is what you know kind of gave him a career for all this many years all right season five begins after that summer of uncertainty with steve martin once again leading things off and we've said many times over these seasons thus far steve martin's the guy to set the show on the right path does he do it in episode one and how does season five get going on for the previous seasons, season five actually gets started really well. Steve Martin steps in, has a really good show. Then Eric Idle steps in, has an even better show. I wrote in my notes, I thought, I think this is a top five episode uh, of the first five seasons. Retrospectively, I'm thinking maybe not, but it's, uh, <laughs> I was just so excited after I saw it. Uh, I thought it was really good. And then Bill Russell, the former... Boston Celtic great comes in and hosts the third episode. And that's even a better than, than average episode based on our grading. So first three shows, it gets off to a really good start. It is interesting that as you allude to very often these past few years, the show has gotten off to a very slow start. We ask, what were they doing over the summer? What happened? How did it come out? So, so cold. And that's not the case 
And I was set to have uh, set to be let down as season five began, because, again, uncertainty about the cast and who's here and who's not. And where do you find people to be in these sketches? And, and no. Yeah. Martin's episode. Very good. It's not the best Martin episode, but it's a very good one. Eric Idle's episode, I told you at the time when you were touting it as a top five all time episode or whatever you were saying, eh, slow your roll a bit there. Very good episode, but but I don't think one of the top five of these first five seasons, but, but very, very good. And yeah, Bill Russell is Bill Russell. He's a, he's a, he's a jock. He's an ex-jock. He's giant. My, I mean, I know basketball players are big, but Bill Russell, you see him walk on the stage. It's like, oh my goodness, it's massive. Yeah, he's just a huge guy. <laughs> I mean, big, big, his arms so long. And we so, put him on the list of tallest SNL hosts. Do we need to, do we need to like keep all these records and stuff? Boy, I don't know if you'd find a taller host of SNL. I, yeah. I, I would have to, it would have to be a basketball player unless Andre the Giant did. And we know Andre the Giant <laughs> did not. Mr. T's not six foot nine. So uh, he might yeah. be the tallest host ever. So we're feeling good. We're doing well. We're three episodes in. We got Buck Henry coming on. Things are going to be great. Wah. No, th- <laughs> this Buck Henry episode I wrote, it's the first real disappointing episode of the season. And it's also you know, just disappointing from a Buck Henry level of expectations. Buck always brings it. I love Buck Henry. I I consider him almost even more than Martin because Martin, while spectacular, to me, never feels like a cast member. He's 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 still parachuting in. He's amazing. He brings the level of everybody up, but he's still Steve Martin. Buck Henry feels like he's just the seventh member, the eighth member of the cast. He's hanging around for the week. In fact, in these first two episodes, he is just hanging around. He's backstage in the Idol episode. He appears at a commercial, I think, in the Bill Russell episode. And then he hosts episode four. And it's a bit of a letdown. It's not a great episode. And if only we knew what were to come after that. And if you would like to find out what happens for the rest of the season, uh, we would like you to subscribe. You can do so at any number of levels. We have a level where you can just listen to the podcasts. You can uh, be a regular subscriber and listen to the podcasts. You can be an executive producer subscriber and get all sorts of good stuff that Scott is about to describe to you right now. I don't know how you'd have time in the day to take advantage of all the cool stuff for being an executive producer, but you'll, you'll find a way you get access to our uh, behind the scenes notes on each episode, stuff that does not make it to the recording process for the individual season show. We send it to you. You can read it. All of our thoughts on just about every, uh, nearly every sketch throughout the season. Plus we'll send you a, a clip email too. Links to some of the sketches we refer to on the show, and also, I think very cool, links to some of the research material we've read for preparation for the show, some contemporaneous writing around the time of the season. Plus, we will ask you before we record episodes, is there anything you want us to talk about when we get to season seven or 12 or 24? Our executive producers help to guide the conversation. Then at the very end of the 50 seasons that we review, we will do a a 50-year awards ceremony. And the people who vote for those 50-year awards, comprising the entire length of SNL's time, will be Christian and me and our executive producers. So many reasons to jump on board at the executive producer level. You can do so at wasn'tthatspecial.com wasn't that special.com also follow the show on twitter or x if you prefer and your elon musk 
That's at <laughs> 50 years of SNL, five zero years of SNL. Five seasons down, 45 to go. We've got so much more good, uh, good stuff coming. So be happy for you to join us. All the cool kids are doing it. All your friends might be doing it too. Wasn't that special.com to sign up. <laughs> <laughs>